Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. Uh, we're starting this new series called Crazy Grace, and uh, it's a journey where we're going to take over the next several weeks discovering different aspects of God's grace and what it means to us and how it affects us and how it impacts us, how it changes, how it moves us, uh, the power of God's grace. To kind of launch into it today, I'm going to give you guys a couple of, uh, of uh, phrases and I want you to finish them for me. These are popular phrases that you've heard through your life uh, or someone has said to you or you've said to other people. Uh, and here's the first one. Finish it off for me. If it sounds too good to, too good to be true, it, it is. That's right. Some of you got it right. Some of you didn't. That's okay. Try this one. Uh, we make money the old-fashioned way. We earn it. That's right. Not one real popular in today's world, but that's how we did in the old days. We earned it, okay? All right. There's no such thing as a free pie. Did someone say pie? <laughs> there is no such thing as free pie. I wish there was. Here's the one. Everybody should get this. No pain, no gain. All right. Uh, God helps those who help. These are all popular phrases that are really kind of encapsulated and kind of in the fibers of the American mindset. Uh, they, are, they are an American ideology that says, as Americans, we value hard work, we value competition, we value the, the opportunity for freedom of success that every person in America no matter if you're poor or rich, or if you come from this side of the tracks or that side of the tracks, no matter where you come from, you have the opportunity and the possibilities to succeed. That's really weak. I'm talking about America here. The land of opportunity. The land where no matter the color of your skin, you can and you will accomplish great things if you just try. That's the key word, try. Now, some of you are saying, where are we going in this? Oh, he's getting on political. No, this is the American fibers. We are a land of opportunity, a land that can take the poorest of poor and they find themselves uh, wealthy beyond their imaginations. It also has the opposite. It can take the wealthy, and if they don't handle it wisely, they lose it all. America is the greatest country ever formatted, formatted and formulated on this planet. Here's the problem. We're too scared to even clap about that. Because the world tells us we're bad. Shame on you Americans. 
Do you realize that America sends more aid around the world than any other country? Do you realize that we have solved the poverty in a lot of countries because of the poverty that was solved here in America? I am on a platform now because you guys ain't clapping with me. It's time for us to realize we live in a great country. And, because, and the reason why it's a great country is because it's made of great people, all people. Thank you. Thank you, Lily. Get it started. My daughter's cheering for me. Great people with great drive, with great purpose. When you take purpose out of the heart of humans, you will miss it. They will find themselves at a place of aimless wandering. And we have taken in this country the purpose out of people because we've told them they're not worth much, they can't do much, they're not smart enough, they're not intelligent enough, they're, because of the color of skin, they can only accomplish so much. What a lie. This is America. Anyone can do anything and accomplish great things here in this great land of America. That is the truth. Now, you say, why are you saying this, Pastor Kevin? I'm not saying it because of the headlines. I'm not saying it because of the status quo. I'm saying it because for us to understand who we are as Christians, we have to understand what God did for us. That if we hear and we understand the beauty of God's grace, the, the transforming power of God's grace, it'll drive us as Americans and as Christians, to greatness. When we understand God's grace, it doesn't make us lie back on our, our, what we've done. It propels us to a greater fulfillment and a greater purpose than we could ever find anywhere else. The power of God's crazy grace for this crazy world. Crazy world. Crazy world. Are you all hearing me? This place is going nuts. I can't believe some of the stuff I hear is going on. I'm like, we are, seriously, people, people have lost it. When you got people running down the streets and open guns, shooting at police officers, something's going crazy. And you know why it's happening? Because we have lost the purpose of who we are. And grace, if we understand God's grace, will center us back to his purpose, to his passion, to his direction. And when we discover that, we find fulfillment and desire purpose in our lives. So what is grace? Well, Webster's defines grace as free, unmerited, unfavored, favor of God. It's unmerited favor. God's Love and action, grace is. Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. Grace. Grace is, in, grace is the face of God whenever we see him in our failures. That's the grace of God. And here's what Psalm 145, open your Bibles if you would with me today. Psalm 145, verse 8. Psalm 145, verse 8 says it this way. It says, God's grace... God's gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and what? Rich in love. Read this with me out loud. Actually, stand to your feet with me today, and let's read this out loud. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is what? Rich in 
And what? What else is he? He is? And what? Father, help us today to understand and to have a greater respect and honor for your amazing grace. Because when we understand it, when it brings value to our lives, it brings purpose to our direction. God, we discover who you've created us to be. We discover the identity that you've always wanted us to have. Not what the world says, not what the school says, not what the government says. What you say, God, who you say we are, that is what's most important. So, Lord, we will not listen to the world. We will not listen to the lies of the world to tell me who I am. I will listen to you, God, and you telling me who I am. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. To know God is to know grace. To not know God is to not know grace. Grace is the thing that makes up who God is. God is love. God is compassionate. God is gracious. Grace is the, the um, if you're in a Christian life, if you're a Christian, grace is the thing that compels us and draws us continually back to God. Grace draws us to God. Grace clo- uh, makes us closer to God. Grace changes our life. See, there's a difference today between mercy and grace. I'm going to try to do my best to give this definition to you. Mercy is when God doesn't do what we deserve. Punishment. Mercy is we didn't get punishment because he was merciful to us. But grace, grace is when God gives us what we never deserved. Blessing. That in spite of everything, instead of punishment, he is gracious to us and blesses us in our lives. I, for myself, just speaking very openly, very honestly, I didn't understand grace until I was later in my years of growing up. In fact, I would say I was probably mid-20s, probably almost 30 years old. I didn't quite understand grace. Some of you maybe understand grace better than I do, and maybe you're younger than I am, and that's great. I didn't quite understand it, because here's how I grew up. I grew up knowing God was merciful, but I grew up thinking God was always mad at me. Are you all with me? Can you pull this down a little bit in this speaker, please, Paul, because I don't want to step out here. How many of you grew up thinking that God was mad at you if you did something wrong, God was mad at you? Go, just be honest. It's free in the house today. We're gonna, I did. I mean, I grew up, man, I tell you what, I thought if I said something wrong or if I did something wrong, by golly, if I was to die... I'm not going to heaven. And as a pubescent teenage boy, every time a girl walked by, I had bad thoughts. I'm the only one. You all guys know what I'm talking about, right? And so I remember thinking as I was growing up and I had lived under this, this ideology that God was almost like, it's like God was going to just look for me to fail. And then he was going to, gotcha, ha ha caught you. I remember thinking, you know, oh, I just said something wrong. I better ask God to forgive me right now because if I don't, if I die right now, I'm going to hell. And I lived under this fear. I lived under this restriction. It was, it was not at all free, and it was, it was, it was um, uh, very anxious, very anxious, very um, 
I felt suffocated because I couldn't live my life because everything I did, I was worried I was doing wrong. And as I, as I matured in my faith and as I understood more about who God was and as I understood, I didn't bring God down to my level. That's the first thing that a lot of people make a mistake of. I didn't call him, hey, my homeboy, Jesus, you're my guy. You understand. You know what's going on. Yo, what's up, Jesus? I didn't bring him down to my level. I didn't do that. I left God where he was at, but I understood that he is gracious and compassionate. I understood that Jesus walked on this planet. He was tempted, Scripture says, in every single way that I was, and he sinned not. I understood that the same challenges that my Jesus, my Savior, faced, I was going to face. And even though I failed at some of them, and he didn't, he wasn't ticked off at me that I failed. And I think sometimes we live, in this, we live in this world where we're so worried, we're so scared that we, we, can't, we don't even want to breathe because we might breathe wrong. We're so restrictive. And grace, whenever I understood it, man, it brought life to me, it brought energy, it brought, brought a new focus for my life where I could say, you know what? I'm not going to intentionally sin, but when I mistakenly sin and falter, Jesus, God, your grace, thank God it is there. Thank God I don't have to live in fear for perfect love cast out all fear. Perfect love cast out all fear. And when I understood that this grace was extended to me, I found liberty. I found joy. I found fulfillment. So many times I find people who've walked with Christ or walked with God for a long time, the reason why they're not real happy is because they're not walking in God's grace. They're walking in their own good works. And the works that they do and how, well, if I do this, then I get this. So this is the journey we're going to go on. Over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about restoring grace. We're going to talk about how does God wipe out our guilt and help us. We're going to talk about sustaining grace, how God gives us the power to keep on going whenever we want to give up. We're going to talk about healing grace, how God does miracles in our life. We're going to talk about liberating grace, how we are free breaks free from per, uh, perfectionism. We're going to talk about this assuring grace that uh, defeats all the doubts in our lives. Oh, offering grace. Then we're going to talk about how we give grace to other people. Man, we need that in our world today. We've got to start giving some grace to people. We've got to start being okay with the fact that somebody falls short. It's okay. It's going to be okay. We're going to help you. We're going to pray with you. We're going to be gracious to you. Uh, and then lastly, we're going to talk about growing in grace and growing in grace and growing in grace, becoming who God has meant for you to be. Today, I want to talk today about saving grace, the saving grace of God and what it does. And I want to use an acronym, GRACE, G-R-A-C-E. If you have your notes, fill these in as we go through today. I want to talk about this amazing, first off, this amazing God's gift to me. Grace is God's gift to me. Number one, grace is God's gift to me. Romans 3.24, they had to memorize this whenever they were going to camp. They had to memorize the Romans road. It says, all who need to be made right in the eyes of God and his grace, which is a free gift through Jesus Christ. It's a free gift. This salvation is a free gift from the heart of God. You do not have to earn it. You don't have to live a perfect life. You don't have to say the right things. You just have to accept the free gift of salvation. Acknowledge you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Accept his free gift of salvation. And because it's God's gift to me, he gives it 
freely to anyone in need. Christianity is the only religion in the world that works under this principle of grace. Now, hear me. Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, all the other major religions in the world, they practice the principle, and the principle can be summed up in this. It is the do's and don'ts of your life. Do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this, and if you do this, and you do this, and you don't do this, you don't do this, then you will get the paradise waiting for you, okay? Christianity works under this principle, done. It's been done. Jesus Christ has done everything you need in order to reach that place called heaven. That if we, are, we acknowledge that we are sinners saved by grace, all who call on the name of the Lord and ask them to forgive their sins, they will be saved and they will have eternal life. Not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus has already done upon the cross. Now that deserves applause right there. Come on now. That's exciting. Grace says, as Jesus said on the cross, when he took his last breath, he said, it is finished. That means you cannot do anything else to gain more access to God. Jesus already has done it. And that's the exciting part of God's gift through salvation, his gift of love to each and every one of us. It has been done, not because of what you do, but because of what Jesus already has done upon the cross. Number first one, G, it is God's gift to us. Second, R, letter R is this, receive this grace gift by faith. Receive it by faith. Here's what, here's what it says. God's gift is received by faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. I like that little thing. It is a gift of God, not of works, so that what? No one can what? Boast. Faith is the key that says, I believe that Jesus died for my sins, all my sins, the big ones, the small ones, no matter what. He's died for all my sins, and because of that, I receive by faith his free gift of salvation. This gift, Romans 8, 4, 16, it says... People receive God's promise by having faith. This happens so that so this happens so that the promise can be what? A free gift. Salvation isn't based on performance. It is based on God's promise. It is not based on God's on my goodness. It is based on God's goodness. I'm not getting to heaven because of my merit. Thank God. Right? Isn't that right, girls? Yeah, wake up. It's okay, I won't hold it against you, but wake up. I'm not getting to heaven because of what I've done and my merit. I'm not getting to heaven because I'm Pastor Kevin. And you guys are just the people. <laughs> I'm the pastor. There's no guarantee. Oh, God. Except the free gift 
that God has given to me, he's given to each one of you. We're going to heaven not because of what you do, not because of what I do. We're going to heaven because of what Jesus did on the cross, and all the people can say, Amen. yeah, thank you, Jesus, right? Thank you, Jesus. It's not by my merit. It's by who Jesus is. The prodigal son story, won't go into it, but we, if you've heard the prodigal son, the son was rebellious. The son was selfish. The son was prideful. He took all of his, all of his possessions, all of his inheritance he was going to get. He went and he lived a lavish life of sin, lived in, in, a, in debauchery, lived in uh, uh, drink, drunkenness, and totally walked away from his father's house. And one day as he woke up, he was eating pig's food and sleeping with the pigs and dirty and gross. And he said, you know what? I would rather be a servant at my father's house than to live like this. He didn't even plan on going back and being called a son. He was going to be a servant just to earn his way back to the father's good grace. And the story goes that as the father saw the son from down the road, he said, let's go. He's back. And he says he ran to him and he embraced him. And from the time he came back, he was, was accepted immediately back as, the, as his son. Why? Because the father knew his love for his son and was gracious and compassionate. Did the son deserve it? No, but thank God we don't get what we deserve. We get grace. Hmm. I feel it, Lord. Thank you. I need it, Lord. Can you just say it? I need your grace. Just say it. I need your grace. I need your grace. Things people don't even know, God. We need your grace. Hmm. Next one, G-R-A. A, it's available to everyone. This amazing gift of grace is available to everyone. I want you to think about it now. I want you to think about the worst person you know in your life. Think about the person you can't stand. Go ahead. I see some of you got them. You're like, mm, I got them. Think about the person that's hurt you, the person that's taken advantage of you, the person that's talked about you, the person that has abused you, the person that has molested you. Think about that person. Some of you know, some of you, I'm, I'm, I'm touching some of you right now. You're hearing this. Guess what? God's grace is available to even that person. This is the amazing mind-blowing part of God's grace. It, it blows our minds that the furthest of the furthest of people, God's grace is available to them. Here's what Romans 14, 16 says. It says, the promise is not only to those people who live under the law of Moses, it is for anyone who lives with faith like Abraham. It is for anyone who has come to the saving knowledge of Christ, anyone and everyone. The Bible says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Some of you didn't go with me, but that's okay. Everyone. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's you. Turn to the other person and say, it's you too. 
It's your husband, it's your wife, it's your kids, it's your neighbor, it's the person that's hurt you the most. Everyone, no matter where they're at, no matter what they've done, no matter how far you think they're gone, everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved, not because of what they've done, but because of what Jesus did upon the cross. Mm. Everyone, no matter where you're at, no matter where you're at, there are going to be no hierarchies in heaven. No one's going to get to go. No one's going to get to walk and think they're better than the next person. We're all going in, and we're all going to say this. I don't even know why I'm here, except him. He's it. This guy right here, Jesus, he's it. I'm with him. Party of a 35 billion, trillion, whatever it is, I'm with him. Why? Because it's available to everyone. See? Receive it as God's gift. Receive it by faith. It's for everyone. See, grace comes through Christ and Christ alone. John 1.17, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Why? There's no other way that we can be saved. There's no other way that we can have hope. Jesus paid the admission. If we try to live under the law, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not, whatever the thou shalt not. If you try to live under the law, Scripture says, if you live under the law, you'll be judged by the law. But if you live under grace, you're judged by the grace of God. I don't want to live under the law. I want to live under the freedom of God's grace, not to do what I want to do, but to propel me to greatness in Christ. Grace comes through Christ and through Christ alone. It says this, Romans 5, 15, many people have received God's gift of life by the grace that one man has given, and that is Jesus himself, Jesus Christ himself. See, when I shift and I shift, Back to works. Now, let me just say this, and I'm not going to go deep into this because it's about grace, but because I understand God's grace, it propels me to make decisions that are better for my life. But I don't make those decisions because I'm worried about going to hell. I make the decisions because God says the reason why God gives the boundaries is because it says if you go this way, you're going to hurt yourself, you're going to hurt your family, you're going to hurt your future. But it doesn't make me more saved than anybody else. If I choose to not do something, that's not because I'm better. It's because I've made a decision based on what God has propelled me to and challenged me to. And therefore, I make the decision. I stand in it. But I will say this. At times and in weakness places and because I was raised for 20 plus years, maybe 30 plus years under this ideology that I had to do, and I had to be perfect, and I had to live in this. I, I, I struggled with my identity. I struggled with who I am. I struggled with I'm not good enough. Many years, for many, many, many years into early parts of my coming to God and really discovering his direction for my life, I struggled with security. I struggled with identity. I tried to be who the groups wanted me to be instead of who God was calling me to be. I would go the path of 
the um, peer pressure and I would be swayed because I would forget whose I am. But Colossians 2.21 says it this way, and I love this verse. It says, don't treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if we could be saved by keeping the law, then there will be no need for Christ to die anyway. The grace of God is there. Jesus Christ has saved us. And because of that, Jesus Christ, through Christ grace comes through Christ and through Christ alone. And my last letter, letter E, grace, God's gift to me. Receive it by faith. Available to everyone. Grace comes through Christ alone. Last one is E, and it is this, eternity. It is eternal. It is extended throughout eternity. Romans chapter 8, verse 23, for the wages of sin is what? The wages of sin, the cost of sin, the price of sin is what? It is death. We deserve death because we sin. But it says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is what? Eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Heaven is real. Heaven is eternal. And God's grace draws us there. What is heaven really going to be like? Oh, man, I, I wish I could tell you. I, I mean, even in the book of Revelations, it, it speaks about what heaven is like, and it talks about the beauties and the, the walls and the mansions and the streets and, the, and all the beauty of heaven. And, and yet, that was just a mortal man trying to explain something that is absolutely mind-blowing. I can't tell you what heaven's going to look like, but I can tell you what we will gain in heaven. We will gain a peace, a cease of striving, a cease of pain. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more suffering. I can't tell you what it's going to look like, but I can tell you what it'll feel like. It'll feel like a perfect place of peace where God's love and God's Grace illuminates the heavens. We don't have to worry about if people are going to be lost in life. People are going to die. We don't have to worry about, and we don't have to strive. We don't have no more toil and no more pain. This grace is extended throughout eternity. It'll be a place of God's completely unfiltered. The world filters God's love, but this heaven is a place of unfiltered love of God. It'll be a place where anger will rest, where hatred will die. It'll be a place where everyone will be at complete rest with God, his saving, powerful grace. I want to play a video for you before you leave today. This video explains this saving grace and what it means to us as Christians today. Check it out. Have you ever gotten your car stuck in the mud? If you have, then you know that oftentimes the more gas you give it, the more stuck it gets. 
You could sit there and rev the engine and spin the tires all day long, and it's only going to make the situation worse. Usually, the only easy way out is to call a tow truck. The same could be said of quicksand. If you get stuck in quicksand up to your knees, it's almost impossible to get yourself out. The more you struggle, the deeper you sink. Your only hope is that someone else can help get you out. Sin is actually a lot like quicksand, except that it's not something that we accidentally stumble into and find ourselves stuck. The Bible actually says that we are born in it. Psalm 51.5 says, Surely I was born a sinner, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. So from the moment we are born, we are drowning in sin, and some people go their entire lives without ever realizing that there is life outside of the quicksand. But the good news of the gospel is that God loves us so much that he sent his son to pull us out of the quicksand. From the moment we are born, God is drawing us to himself. He is calling out to us, hoping that we will call out to him. This is God's prevenient grace at work in our lives. And when we finally get to the point that we are ready to accept God's offer of salvation and follow after Jesus, he begins to pull us up out of the quicksand. This is what theologians refer to as God's saving grace. It's God's unmerited mercy in our lives. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. In the justice system, we are held accountable for our actions. Every misdeed has its due punishment. But the verse goes on to say, But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus forever tipped the scales in our favor when he died on the cross for us. When we accept God's saving grace, we are not only washed clean of our sins, but the Bible says that we are actually new creations. That makes it possible for us to live a life outside of the quicksand. Sure, our feet will occasionally get dirty and we may even stumble back into old habits of sin, but Jesus is always there to pull us back up. His grace is always enough to make us clean again. In fact, God even wants to use us to help others see that Jesus offers life outside of the quicksand. God's saving grace has the power to transform our lives and draw us out of the sin that is smothering us so that we can live in the freedom of God's salvation. Come and rest here, come and lay your burdens down. Come and rest here, there is refuge for you.
bow your heads right there where you're at. Father, help us today to truly understand the power of your grace, the power of your saving grace. And no matter where we're at, no matter how far we may feel, no matter what we did, anytime, God, your grace is always there. Your grace changes us. Your, your grace moves us. It saves us. So, Lord, may you just move upon the hearts today. If your head bowed, eyes closed today, if you're here today and maybe you've been striving in your own works, maybe you've been striving to do the right thing or trying to act the right way, I just want to encourage you today and let you know you'll never earn the gift of salvation. It only comes through faith in Jesus Christ and in Him alone. And maybe you are here today and you understand that, but you constantly struggle with the, the kind of... Uh, vacillating back and forth between works and thinking you earn your salvation and the free gift of grace and you struggle with that and it brings a lot of pressure and a lot of stress and anxiety in your life. I just want you to know today the gift of God and salvation is free and you can't earn it. Heaven is not yours based on what you have done. Heaven is yours based on what Jesus has done upon the cross. So if you're here today and you want a greater understanding of God's grace, or if you're here today and you say, you know what, I need to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I need, him to, I need this gift of salvation. I need this gift to change my life. I need this gift to, to feel joy and peace because I'm striving so much to earn, to gain God's acceptance. If you're here this morning, you need God's grace and you just need him just to reassure you and you wanna say, I need Christ to forgive me and give me hope and give me joy. I'm just gonna ask you to do me a favor, right there where you're at. I just want you to do me a favor and just lift your hands all across this place. You need God's great gift of grace and salvation. Hands raised all over, just keep them up, would you? Can you just, with your hand raised, will you just pray with me? Just pray with me. If you ever want, just pray, say, God, Thank you for your grace. I do not deserve it. But thank you that you love me. You care for me anyway. I thank you that, that Jesus, there's nothing I can do except accept you as my Savior. Say this with me. Say, I believe that Jesus, you died for me and you have given me the gift of salvation. And I receive that gift right now. I accept you as not just my Lord and Savior, but I accept you as the one, my ticket to heaven. <laughs> you are it, Jesus. Thank you. Say thank you for dying for me. Thank you for giving me hope. Thank you for your amazing saving grace. And you can put your hands down. I just want to do one more thing. You've been walking with God for a long time. You've been walking with God for a long time and you strive and you work and you toil and you, the, the freedom that I speak about, you don't get to enjoy because maybe you misunderstand God's grace and you need God to re-energize or to refresh your spirit on who his grace is and what his grace can do. And you're here this morning and you say, I need a renewing of God's 
understanding of God's grace, a renewing of God's understanding of grace in my life, so I have freedom in Christ, so I have freedom in the Spirit. If that's you today, I want you to do the same thing. Raise your hands. You've been walking with Christ. You need a refreshing of who the Spirit of God, the grace of God. Hands are going up. Just raise them up. Father God, help us to understand more and more every day about your amazing grace. Help us to be not just understanding of it, but transformed by it. Help us to walk with the Spirit of God not by the rules and regulations, but by the freedom that the Spirit of God brings. Lord, now we're not going to keep, the, we're not going to continue to move in areas we're not supposed to, but Lord, we're going to allow you to help us move through your grace and your grace alone. So Lord, I pray, teach us every day more and more and more about your saving grace.
Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your loving kindness. Lord, may every day we reminded of the fact that your grace changes us. Your saving grace pulls us out of the mire that we're in and cleans us up. And when we stumble, we get back into it, you clean us up again. Your amazing, amazing, unmerited favor known as grace. So God, may you go with us, challenge us and change us. And God, let us never forget about your grace in our life. In Jesus' name, everybody said, You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.